come on in and find your seat. We're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, this morning, my name is Merle Shank, one of the pastors here at Newport Church, and I want to introduce a good friend of mine, Kevin Kazimi. Uh, it was how many years ago, Kevin, that I met you in South Africa, like 2013, and he came and spoke at one of the REACH School Supernatural Ministries that we were doing, one of the very first ones. Uh, he was one of our speakers, and it was good to get to know him then, and little did we know that we would you know, continue to have a relationship till now you're living in Ohio, in the USA, and planning a church there, Identity Church, and you're connected uh, in relationship with, with us and uh, with Larry Kreider as well, and so it's so good to have you here. You're, Thank you. You are married, and Mariella is home with the girls, uh, your daughters. So Kevin, why don't you come, and let's pray. Awesome. I'll just pray for you quickly. Absolutely. Introduce yourself a little bit more, but it's good to have you here. Thank so, you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for Kevin. Thank you for your word that lives inside of him. And Holy Spirit, we just give you free reign this morning to minister to our hearts in Jesus' name. Thank Father, you. everything that you have for us, God, we say yes and amen. And Father, thank you for your anointing on Kevin's life, God, and for anointing your words in him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. Good morning, church. So good to be back uh, here once again. I've been here a couple of times, and I see a lot of new faces. I mean, I meet a lot of people when I travel, so I do see people, and then I meet them again, and I remember the faces, but I'm just horrible with names. So if I do not remember your name, it's not my fault. Amen? So I'm excited for this morning because I get to share the Word of God just quickly uh, about our journey from the last time we were here. We planted a church in Ohio. Uh, I never thought I'm going to be a pastor. You know, I said to God, I'd do anything except being a pastor because I travel quite a bit as an itinerant and, you know, I get to come in and minister the word and hopefully people enjoy the word and, you know, you get an offering and you go home and the pastor got to deal with a mess. So I said, God, you know, I, I want to do anything for you, but, you know, I'm not going to become a pastor, so don't you ever say never, amen? Because he's the boss, and he has a way of always making sure that we follow his plan. So it's been a blessing for me. One year later, we planted a church. We have a great team in Ohio. It's been one of the greatest blessings of my life. I don't travel as much anymore because we don't just go around and bless. We build in our city, and local church is one of the greatest way of investing in your own hometown and the city that God has planted you so we just uh, have seen a team raised up, God's goodness. I love being a pastor. I'm thriving in my season. I'm not depressed in Jesus' name. I love being a pastor and God being really good to us. At, at any church, we believe that if there is a crisis in our generation, it is an identity crisis. And so we really want a generation to know who they are in Christ Jesus so they can discover the God-given destiny and mandate through a right relationship with Jesus. I want to just quickly read a testimony for you that I received just recently that has been a tremendous blessing to me. And a lady wrote me and she said the last time that, you know, she mentioned the name of her husband, but me and my husband came uh, to one of your services. We brought with us a friend that was dying of cancer. They had given her two years maybe to live. You prophesied, and forget about me in this picture, just focus on the power of Jesus. You prophesied and prayed 
to her during the meeting. It was basically she will live and not die and declare the goodness of the Lord. She has been told that she's cancer-free. And I just want you to tell you that God's power is so amazing. He heals and delivers us, and he's so madly in love with you and I. Isn't that amazing? Now, that's a good place to give Jesus. Come on. Yes. Just for you guys to know, I love when people respond to the word because your hunger determines how deep we're going to go today. Amen. Once again, pastoral team, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. I always feel received. Uh, I love uh, just the Dove family and being part of this little family, uh, you know, around the world. And it's been an honor for me to journey with many people, but of course also Merlin Cherie. I don't want to take much time. I'm going to go straight into the Word of God. And please turn with me to the Gospel of John. Gospel of John. And, uh, you know, I had a whole message prepared this morning. And so I kind of woke up in the morning and just spent some time with the Holy Spirit. And, and he does this sometimes to me that instead of me really preaching what I prepared, he puts other scriptures in my heart. And so I kind of want to flow with him and, and allow him to release what he has placed upon my heart. And I felt him saying to me this morning, John 14, and I'm going to read from verse 15, and we're going to jump into Acts 2, and we're going to see what the Holy Spirit wants to speak through me today. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and, you will, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Please turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided of tongues as of fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under the heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. <laughs> I love that. Because everyone heard them speak in his own Language. Isn't that amazing that God speaks every language? He even speaks Farsi. That's my native language for those who do not know. I'm born in Iran and raised up in Sweden. Then they were all amazed, verse 7, and marveled, saying to one another, Look on at all these who speak Galatians. And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Now, he mentioned a bunch of nations, and we're going to jump right to verse 11. And he says, from the middle of that verse after Arabs, he says, We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, They are full of the new wine. And I just want to quickly read the margin here. It says, the mockers apparently affirmed this conclusion from the fact that they did not recognize some of the sounds or from the fact 
that it was a possible, misunderstood, ecstatic behavior. There was possible, misunderstood, ecstatic behavior. Now, this morning, I want to kind of a little bit share with you guys of my journey of how I came to encounter a person which is called the Holy Spirit. Now, I need you to understand and hear my heart this morning that in no ways am I trying to lay to you a theological understanding of a person of the Holy Spirit. I've discovered that many people in the church knows the terminology of the Holy Spirit. They know the theology of the Holy Spirit. They understand the ideology and they can even have the phraseology of the Holy Spirit, but they don't know the reality of the Holy Spirit. So I've entitled this message this morning, The Reality of the Holy Spirit. And in order for you and I to walk with Him on a daily basis, and in this season as you're talking about the very series of being filled with the fullness of God, you have to come into an encounter with a person, and it's more than theology, His name is the Holy Spirit. Now I was born again on the 26th of September in 2004. Now listen, I came from a Muslim background. I was not born in the church. I did not understand church. I didn't speak Christianese. I still don't. But I, I just didn't understand some of the language that was in the church. Now I had a praying mother that got born again in 96 at a point of suicide. And when she encountered Jesus, her life was totally transformed. I was 13 years of age and my mom came home and she started to speak to me about this God who loves me. And she said, Jesus is more than a prophet, Kevin. He's a living God that you can have a relationship with on a daily basis. At the age of 16, the plans and the purpose, and I was a drug addict and a criminal and drug dealer. And the plans of God was revealed over my life through an angelic visitation that my mom had. And I never forget in the small kitchen in Stockholm, Sweden, my mom prophesied over my life and said, Kevin, you're going to go to the nations of the world and preach the gospel. 16 years of age, drug addict, dropped out of school, not even a license. I felt misused and I felt abused and I felt like a misfit. But here is my mom hearing from heaven and speaking the redemptive purpose of God over someone who had issues and even his issues had issues. So now, my life, from that moment on, there was a seed planted in my heart, and my mom became radical about this ministry business. She used to speak over me all the time and saying, Kevin, you're going to preach the gospel. Now, how many are here, you don't have to raise your hands, that are believing for your children and your grandchildren, and you're believing for their salvation? I want to tell you, you always need to speak light and the very determination of the heavens over the lives because the word of God would never return void or empty, but it will always accomplish the purpose we send it forward. Come on, can you say amen? And so when I was 18 years of age, and it's quite a big birthday in Sweden, I want to share some testimonies with you because once again, I don't want to establish theology, I want to establish an encounter with the Holy Spirit. At the age of 18, it's a very big birthday in Sweden when everybody gets this amazing gift. You become recognized as an adult. You get your license. You guys are 16. In Europe, we are 18. So that's why some of the 16 years, be careful when you drive. Amen? <laughs> Just be responsible behind that wheel. So, so I thought my mom's going to give me something great. You know, my oldest brother Cyrus received this amazing gift that... And here am I, excited. I'm 18 years of age and waking up in the morning, and my mom's going to give me this amazing gift. And so I received two gifts from my mom. I opened up the first gift. It was the Bible. 
Now, I don't know about you, but at 18 years of age and never been to church, the Bible is not exciting. I mean, today, I believe it's the greatest gift God has given me, his, I mean, holy word. But back then, I didn't understand what my mom was doing, but she was planting a seed in my life. And then she gave me a second gift, and I opened up this gift, and so excited because I thought maybe it's going to be something else. And when I opened up, it was a book that says, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And I said, good morning, who, who is the Holy Spirit? No clue. I, never, I turned the book, saw this man, and this morning, forget about the package. Amen? Listen to the story. And I thought, man, I don't even understand. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And my mom said to me at the age of 18, Kevin, you need to know the Holy Spirit. Now, fast forward about four years, I put the books and the Bible in my shelf, never touched it. Four years later, at the age of 22, I get born again. I encountered on a pastoral conference for four hours the manifest presence of Jesus. With one touch, God delivered me from all my addictions. From 14 to 22, I was a heavy drug addict, but I needed only one encounter, and his name is Jesus. I want to tell you what's going to set every person free. The Bible says you will know the truth. Not a truth, you will know the truth. His name is Jesus, you shall be free. And at the age of 22, I was totally set free. And then I started in Bible school and quickly I went to South Africa to do my DTS, discipleship training school with Youth with a Mission. And I went with Jesus and I met my wife, which is a good thing, amen? It's not good for man to be alone. And the one who finds a wife finds a good thing, amen? Young people, just slow down. And so, during this season of my life, I never forget, I was in this time of prayer. I love praying. Listen to me. I was already born again. At the time of my salvation, I was delivered from addiction. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Without anybody laying hands on me, jump start me, jump kick me, without giving me teaching about speaking in tongues, rivers of living water flew from my inmost being. So I spoke in tongues. I saw people saved. I saw people healed. But yet there was this yearning inside of me, God, there must be more to your kingdom. I don't know about you, but where I come from, we believe that if you search for God with all of your heart, you shall find him. I don't know about you, but I used to be in religion, Islam, for 22 years. When I encountered Jesus, I did not come to a form of godliness, but I came to reality. Good preaching, Kevin. Amen. If you're not going to shout me down, I'm going to shout myself down. Amen? And so now at the age of 24 years of age, I'm praying and this intercessor comes to me and says, young man, you need to come with me. You know those intercessors that freaks you out with that pointy little finger, the point in your face? One of those ladies, and, and I walk into this room with her, and she's an older lady, and, and she looks at me. She said, do you want to know the heart of God? I said, of course I do. She said, you have to know the person of the Holy Spirit. She turned to 1 Corinthians 2 that says that no one knows what is in a man except the spirit of a man. And no one knows the things of God except the spirit which is of God. For he knows the deep things of God. You want to know the intimate knowledge of who God is? You have to know the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And have you ever had a word that hits you like a sledgehammer? Come on, guys. Have you ever read the Bible and the word jumps out of the pages and the word becomes flesh to you? 
I don't know about you, but when that happens, Logos becomes Rhema, something happens in my heart. And it was like a revelation that the Holy Spirit is more than just an utterance of tongues. That the Holy Spirit is more than just somebody who was given to me to accomplish the Great Commission, but I can have a relationship with Him. And so I said, God, I want to know your Holy Spirit. And it's not because I want to be famous. It's not because I want to have a great ministry. It's not because I want to shine for my own glory. I want to know the Holy Spirit because I want to know the intimate knowledge of my Father. I want to know your nature and I want to know your character. And God said to me, if you ask, you shall receive. Amen? See, the reason we don't have is because we do not ask. And when we do ask, we do not receive because we ask out of our own selfish ambitions. But when you have a hungry heart, man, I want to tell you, you don't care about who is around you and who's trying to act cute in church. You become desperate for Jesus. And I never forget, I was sitting one day outside of a room and thinking, oh man, I wish I could know more about the Holy Spirit. I've already consumed the Bible and read every single place from Genesis to the book of Revelation where the Holy Spirit was mentioned. And then I remembered, man, that book... My mom gave to me when I was 18 years of age. Good morning, Holy Spirit, that was in my closet in Sweden. I said, man, I wish I had that book. God is my witness when I said, I wish I had that book. I looked to my left, and the book was on my left. I am telling you the truth. I am not exaggerating. And I took that book, and I consumed it. Once again, forget about the package, because sometimes God comes in a package that doesn't fit our theology. Amen? And so I basically just consumed the book and I realized people like Benny Hinn and Captain Kuhlman and people, you see, who have walked with God and Moses and Elijah and Abraham and Enoch and Adam, that all of them had a personal relationship with the person of God. And so I said, I need to know you. And it was this hunger inside of me. When I came home to Sweden, I was already working as an evangelist. I had a salary. I had an apartment. But it was not even about ministry. I was hungry for the reality of Jesus. I said, God, I need to know you. God, I speak in tongues. I see miracles. I see salvation. God, but I need to know you. Have you ever cried like that? Come on, are you desperate for God this morning? Have you ever been so uncomfortable because you know there is so much more to your Christian life? See, the only one who can reveal Jesus to you is the Holy Spirit. He's the one who takes off what is Christ, declares unto us that he can glorify Jesus. So I said, God, I want to glorify your name through everything that I do and say. And he said, you got to know the Holy Spirit. And so I started to seek, and trust me, when I started to seek after God, a lot of people rebuked me. They said, you're too loud, Kevin. I said, I'm going to be loud. They said, you're too, you're too crazy about this thing. I know you love Jesus, but calm down. And I looked at them, and I said, if it means to look like you stuck dead on a chair, I'm not going to calm down. I know about you, but that's a good preaching right there. Amen? And I locked myself in a room, and I said, God, I want to know your glory. God, we just read in Acts 2 that it was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind that entered into the whole house and all of them were filled and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I want to have that, Lord. I want to have the reality of the Holy Spirit. And so what I did, and I encourage young people, if you have the time on your hands and those who are not married, stop looking for a spouse. 
Look for Jesus, man. When you find Jesus, you find everything. Amen? During that time, I had the time to lock myself in the room and seek after God. And I remember I was so hungry that for 14 hours a day, have you ever been desperate? That you say, God, I'm drawing near myself unto you, and you promise in your word that you would draw yourself near unto me. God, you said in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12, that if I search for you and seek for you with all of my heart, I shall, come on, find you. See, I want to tell you something. In the church today, we have to know that God wants to come and encounter us. And the reason I believe God wants me to share this message with you this morning is because there is so much of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit you and I can receive. But you see, if we don't understand that there is so much more God wants to do in our lives, we will never have the appetite to go for more. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is not just manifesting himself in Africa and Asia. He wants to manifest himself in the United States of America. He wants to. And for 14 days I cried out to God. For 14 days, 14 hours a day, I said, God, you need to come. And at times I remember I cried out to God and I meant it. I didn't want to try to be prideful. I said, God, if you don't come down, I'm going to come up. God, if this Christian life is all about just going to church and going home the same way that I come, then you can have this Christian life because I believe you are more than religion. God, you got to open up the heavens and you got to come down, visit my life. I want to know your reality, Jesus. I don't just want to have a form of godliness that denies the power which thereof. I want to know the power of the gospel and the reality of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to be a burning and a shining light in this dark world like John the Baptist. I don't want to be apathetic and passive. I want to burn for you, Jesus. And that's what I prayed. After 14 days, I never forget I was lying in my bed. And at midnight, I woke up because this tangible presence entered into my room. I want to tell you that he's more than theology. He is reality. He's more than a manifestation of a tongue, even though he brings the manifestations. And according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, that the manifestations of the Spirit is given to each one. Even though he brings manifestations, he's not just manifestations. He wants to manifest his knowledge, and his presence to you and I. He wants us to know him in a deep, intimate way. That is his desire. And when this sound entered into my room, the best way I can explain this, it was like a whole forest on fire. Come on, the Bible is filled with experience and man and woman of God who encountered the living God. Moses encountered, Moses encountered the angel of the Lord who was burning in the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3. We see many manifestations of the glory of God. Listen, we have to know that in this last day, the supernatural wants to become natural. The invisible wants to become visible. But we hear it so much that we have no appetite for it anymore. I want to tell you, beloved saints, sometimes you might not understand it, but if you open up your heart, as you guys go into the series of the Holy Spirit and to be filled, if you open up your heart for what God wants to do, I promise you with all of my heart that you're going to have a visitation. 
And when Jesus truly manifests himself among us, everyone's going to come, not because of a man, but because of the glory of God. And I was, I was lying there. This heavy, tangible presence entered my room. And I sat up in my bed because it was like this forest that was on fire, and I heard the audible voice of God. And this is what he said to me, holy. That's all he said, holy. Holy. And I understood that, see, his name is not the Holy Spirit. Amen? There is familiar spirits. There's unclean spirit. There's passivity spirits. But he is a holy spirit. He is a spirit that is set apart, and that is one of the number one characteristics of who he is. And I understood in order for me to walk with him, I got to sanctify the Lord Jesus Christ in my heart, and I got to be committed to his name. After that encounter, I stood up the next day. It was like I was born again, again. Have you ever had one of those encounters? You were like, man, there is so much of you I did not really know. And during a season of my life, I start to understand that Acts 2 is not a figurative of speech. I understood that when the Holy Spirit leaves, nobody really would understand it. And my question is, in the North American church, would we know it if the Holy Spirit would just move on? Because we are so activity-driven. Are you guys with me? I'm just a pastor, and I know how this thing works. Amen? But would we notice if he leaves? So why is it that Pastor Allen and Merlin, different preachers coming in here and crying out and saying, we got to have more of God. And I know that's your heart. I know that's your desire. But I promise you that God wants to do something in your life that you can never forget. And I'm talking beyond the salvation. He doesn't want us to just stuck on the cross and wait for heaven to one day snatch us up. He wants the reality of the kingdom of God to be on the earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And I never forget during the season of my life, I knew the Holy Spirit was the person. And every day when I wake up, I didn't need five fast songs and two slow songs to be in the mood or have a good preaching from Brother Merle. I just wanted to say Holy Spirit, and I could feel the manifest presence of Jesus. Ten years later, I still, on a daily basis, feel the manifest presence of Jesus. And every day I say to God from Psalm 51, God, you can take away anything away from me, but do not take away from me your presence and do not cast me away. Do not take away from me your spirit and do not cast me away from your presence. Because once his presence manifests to you, his presence becomes the most valuable aspect of your life. Now listen, I want to just share this with you and we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit, when he comes, there's always a manifestation. I got to hit this thing and I'm going to hit it hard. Amen? Because every single time the Holy Spirit came in the book of Acts, we're going to look through it quickly, there was always a manifestation. The Holy Spirit is not a manifestation, but when he comes, he brings a manifestation. So in, before you can encounter the works of the Lord, you got to encounter the person of the Lord. If Jesus does not become real to you, you cannot make him real to a dying and a lost world. Are you guys with me? So now, if you turn with me, please, in Acts 2, I'm going to just read for you. Because we read in verse 13 that other mocking said they are full of new wine. And we know that Peter stood up and said that they are not drunk as you supposed. 
They are filled with the Holy Spirit. But I want to focus, please, in Acts chapter 2, verse 32. And Peter is preaching, and he's about to kind of round up his message. And he says, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we were all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out, which you now see and hear. Everybody say see. Everybody say hear. See, when the Holy Spirit comes, he always makes an introduction. Amen? In the book of Acts chapter 2, he came as in rushing mighty wind, and everybody heard the sound. Hundred about 120 men, which was in the upper room praying and seeking God for 10 days, ultimately became an explosion of the power of the Spirit of God in a region that in one sermon, 3,000 people added to the church. That's more than just the soup and the tea of the church. Amen? That's God stepping into a city. Are you not hungry for that here in Lancaster? Come on, guys. Are you not hungry for that? I cry and I say to God, God, I know you didn't bring me to this nation to just have church. I know that there is people in the different regions of this nation, faithful saints who have been praying for you, outpouring God. And God, I believe you can do it. And I want to tell you something. It's not just that he can do it, he wants to do it. What you now see and hear is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to ask you a question. If the men that was gathered there from around the world, speaking all different languages, would have come in and they would have seen everybody sit there looking like a bunch of statues. Do you think they would have said, these guys are drunk? I would have said, who died? Can I join the funeral? Good preaching, Kevin. Amen. They were not baptized in lemon juice, guys. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. You see, in His presence is fullness of joy. At his right-hand side is pleasures forevermore. Isn't that the truth? So there must have been some kind of manifestation of the Spirit of God in their midst that Peter said, that which you see now and here is the outpouring of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you there was such an ecstasy in the upper room that the people who walked in, including Peter, who denied the Lord three times, got baptized and filled with the presence of God for being a timid disciple. Now he became a bold witness unto Jesus Christ. See, we don't become bold by looking ourselves in the mirror and say, Kevin, I want you to be bold in the name of Jesus. Amen? All the self-tool that we get in the church is not going to work. We need to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah said it is by the anointing that the yokes are destroyed. Amen? Now quickly, please turn with me to Acts 4. I want to show you something else. And we know the story in Acts 3. Peter healed a man. Yes, Peter healed a man. He didn't pray Jesus do it. He said, what I have, I gift you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Amen? Peter healed this man, and they get arrested for healing in the name of Jesus. Then they were forbidden to speak in the name of Jesus, and now the church is praying. Everybody say, the church is praying. If the church is not praying, there is no outpouring of the Spirit of God. When we planted a church in Canton, Ohio, in Green, Ohio, sorry, we live in Canton, Ohio, for every corporate meeting we do, we do true prayer meetings. 
For every corporate meeting that we do, we do two prayer meetings. You know why? Because if the church do not pray, God is not going to move on the earth. I'm going to say it again. When prayer goes up, kingdom comes down. Are you guys still with me? Praying is not option. Praying is not negotiable. Do you know why the church is withering away? It's because the church is gathering around series and a bunch of activities. And I love that kind of stuff. Trust me, I am not trying to say that those things are not good. But we got to get together like the early church and devote ourselves to the doctrine of the apostle and hold hands and pray until heaven comes down. Are you still here? So the church was praying. And listen, it says, and when they had prayed... The place where they were assembled, verse 31, together was shaken. The place, can you imagine? That makes me so excited. The place where they were together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Do you see that boldness is a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit? People that are empty or self-conscious. People that are filled or God conscious. Are you guys with me? I'm just trying to help you now, so don't, 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 don't look at me like that. You know I love you, amen? Listen to me in early days when me and my wife had met and we went to a conference in Amsterdam. And in this small conference, 100 people, there were preachers, Heidi Baker, Stacy Campbell, and John Paul Jackson, a seer prophet who have gone to be with the Lord. And in this small gathering, Heidi Baker's preaching like she always does about the poor and the needy. And she just have a way that every time she preaches, just want to give away everything and sell it and just move to Africa. Amen. And she was preaching about the poor and the needy and blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. And she was preaching about being poor and hungry for God. And I'm not just talking about natural resources. I'm talking about being poor in spirit. And she made an altar call, and I'm going to tell you I was the first guy who ran down that altar call. Sometimes we are too cute in church, man. Oh, I just, I don't, my neighbor needs it more than me. Forget about my neighbor sometimes. I need an encounter with Jesus, and I'm going to be as the woman of issue of blood in Mark 5. I'm going to press through the crowd to reach the hem of his garment because I need to encounter Jesus. Amen. And I run down that aisle, man, like a wild man. My wife was lost somewhere. She was running too. And I got down on my knees, and John Paul Jackson walked up to me, laid hands on me. And the moment he touched me, I felt I was about to leave my body. Stood up that night and went back to my hotel room with my wife, and I was so hungry for God. I was standing in the shower, went down on my knees and worshipped the Lord until midnight. Came out, and my wife was gone from the hotel room, and I was like, where's my wife? But she was on the other side of the bed, on her face, weeping and crying up to God. We went to bed together, and as we lie down, and at midnight, exactly at midnight, this little portal opened up inside of me, or sorry, in front of me. And at this portal, it was like, have you ever seen a smoke machine? And how the smoke comes out? See, the Bible said in Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, it says the smoke of his glory filled the temple. The smoke of his glory filled the temple, and the doorposts of the temple were shaken. 
They were praying, and when they were praying with one accord, it says the foundation of the house where they were together was shaken. They all got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in boldness. When that happened, this cloud entered into our bedroom. And suddenly we heard this big boom, and the foundation of the bed shook under the glory of God. That is the only encounter that me and my wife have had together as a couple which was an amazing encounter. We slept in God's glory, and I woke up in the morning. I could feel the manifest presence of God for 24 hours without even thinking about Him. Can I, can I, can I go a little bit deeper? Because listen to me. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And if you open up your heart for what God wants to do, which is beyond a theological boxes, when you say, yes, God, I don't understand it, but I want to have it, you are setting yourself up for an encounter. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Young people, I'm telling you, seek after Jesus. My wife was so drunk in the spirit, it says in Ephesians 5, verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, do not get influenced of alcohol, but be influenced with the Holy Spirit. Amen? My wife, and I'm telling you, my wife, she is like one of those ladies that... What you see is what you get, and that's why I love her, amen? There's no fake in Mariela's bones. She was so drunk, I had to carry her to the meeting, and I had to really dress her before we came to the meeting. And we're standing there totally drunk, and listen to me, I am a serious preacher. I am not a preacher who walks around wobbling over myself and lying around and rolling around. I love to preach the Word of God. Are you guys with me? That morning, we were so filled with the spirit of the living God. Paul talks about the heavy weight of his glory. We could feel the kabod, glory, the splendor and the majesty of God because now God had come down. He was not just living inside of us and sealing us the day of redemption, but now he was manifesting himself to us. And we started to smell this aroma going through the church building. The Bible says in... Ecclesiastics that all of his garments are fragrant. They are scented. And I turned to Mariela and I said, do you smell that? It's like spices. She was like, I can smell it. And we looked around and said, can you smell it? And they were like, no, we don't smell nothing. And we said, God, you're probably just blessing us right now. You know when you come so close to a person, you can smell their perfume? Trust me, Jesus smells good, Amen. He is a fragrance that the whole nations of the world is longing for. We can come so close with him that we can hear him, see him, touch him. We can smell the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, oh God is not dead, he's alive. That's more than a movie, amen? Listen to me, turn please with me. A couple of more scriptures and I promise you, I'm not going to keep you. I'm not just teaching today, I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus. I believe God has ordained prophetic encounters, salvation, healing, deliverance in his word. He sent forth his word to heal them. In Acts chapter 8, we see Philip going down to Samaria. And he's preaching the gospel with signs and wonders that really could be seen. And we know the Simon the sorcerer who astonished people with his sorcery, who was called the very power of God, had an encounter with the true authentic power of Jesus Christ. And he also became a believer. 
and desired to be baptized. Verse 14, it says that the apostle were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. So they sent Peter and John. And then he says in verse 15, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them. Listen to this. And they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw, everybody say saw, that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also, and anyone whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to ask you something. Do you think that John and Peter, when they lay hands, they were just like this? Simon the sorcerer had seen some false counterfeit signs and wonders. Come on, it takes a lot of power to make someone who's called the power of God in a city to become astonished. Isn't that the truth? Come on, talk to me, guys. So now, Peter lay hands and they received the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, when Simon saw, he offered money. My question is that if sorcerers and witch doctors would walk into this church is there something they can see i believe there is radical lovers of jesus like you sitting here this morning amen so there was something that was seen that he offered money it was not just by faith brother i have the joy of the lord but you don't look like it i have it by faith brother come on guys Oh, I believe God heals. So when was the last time you prayed for the sick? Oh, I just believe theologically. Listen, I had somebody come to me and explain it for me theologically how to cast out a demon. And I asked him, have you cast out a demon? And he said, no, God has not released me yet. I said, what? You know the theology of casting out demons, but yet you have never delivered someone. And here are you teaching me. I mean, I'm willing to learn. I, I'm humble enough to learn. But come on, I'm not just going to learn theology. I want to know reality. Something Simon saw that he offered money. I want you to see that when the Holy Spirit comes, there's manifestations. Because once you're going to share about this series, I believe God is really setting you guys as a church for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Turn please with me quickly to Acts 10. And we know the story of Nicodemus. Oh, sorry, Columbus. Uh, Cornelius, and we know the vision that Peter had, and he was on the roof and fell into a transcell vision, and we know the whole story. So now he goes with a man, and he comes to Cornelius' house, and he says in chapter 10, verse 44, that while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. I love that. I was preaching in the month of May in South Africa, 2013. It was about 58 students and about 15 staff. And when I woke up that morning, man, I felt the joy of the Lord. Have you felt the joy of the Lord? Yeah. It's just the extreme joy and the pleasure of God. And that morning, I came to the classroom, and people were kind of sitting just like this. It was just one of those days, you know, we all are sitting and listening to the speaker and and I was ready to speak on the gift of the Holy Spirit. There was nothing really, something spectacular that was happening. But when I woke up in that morning, I felt so filled with the Spirit of God that I just kept on laughing in my closet. 
My wife came and said, what? Why are you laughing, Kevin? I said, I, I really don't know. I just, there's nothing funny in 1 Corinthians 12. I just I have so much joy. I just I don't know how to contain it. Amen? Come on, if it's in you, it must come out of you. Out of the fullness of a heart, a man speaks. And out of the fullness of a heart, a man expresses himself. I was so filled in my heart that I was just laughing. I came to that classroom and never forget, I was sitting like this. People were just looking at me. And I said, you know, guys, I love my wife. That's all I said. When I said, I love my wife, a young girl, maybe on the third road, fell to the ground and started to laugh. And I was mad. Because I said, man, how dare you laugh while I'm preaching? I never saw this stuff. I never knew that people can be filled with the joy of God to the point of laughter. And then the lady turned to touch her, and it became like a domino effect. Boom, 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 boom. And suddenly, before 10 minutes long, half of the class from all different denominations were crying and half was laughing. And for four hours, we were under the cloud of the Spirit of the living God. Some people, they had to scrape from the ground 14 hours later. Because they could not step. The Bible says in the book of Chronicles that the presence of God came into the temple that the priests no longer could minister. Do you know there is more than just going to church? God want to visit us. And people came from different classrooms because they heard the sound. They thought, what is going on? And I thought about Acts 2. When they heard the sound, they came to see because they heard something happening in a certain place. Listen to this. The next day I walked up to this lady and I said, what happened to you? Why did you laugh? I didn't say anything funny. I just said, I love my wife. There's nothing funny with that. She said, for two years I've been depressed. For two years I've been on medication because I've been anxious and suicidal. When I was sitting there, the moment you said, I love my wife, I felt something bubble up inside of me. And I thought about John 7, that those who are filled with the Spirit of God, that rivers of living water shall flow from your innermost being. Can you imagine if it's not just one person releasing their river? I release it on a Sunday, you release it, you release it, and then we're going to have a flood. Amen. And she said, the moment I fell to the ground and I started to laugh, I was totally delivered from my depression. That's what she said. Listen, the Bible said that good laughter is medicine to the bone. She was totally delivered and she took that medication, threw it in the trash can, and she went through the whole discipleship training program and she never touched one tablet. Why? Because she encountered the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen quickly to this, guys. Give me another 10 minutes. Be patient. Merle told me quarter past, so I got 10 more minutes left. Verse 45, and it says, And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, because the Holy Spirit, in the middle of Peter's sermon, without even asking him for permission, fell. And then he says, As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. How did this Messianic Jew know that the Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit? Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Here's again. Acts 2. What you see and hear. Acts 4. The foundation of the house was shaken. Acts 8. Simon the sorcerer saw. 
Acts 10, what you hear, that's what they heard. When they heard them speak in tongues and magnify God, they knew the Holy Spirit has come. I'm just sharing the word with you this morning. Do you see when he comes, he does something? We got to start to believe and have expectancy that he wants to come and do something in our midst that is beyond what we are used to. Amen? I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. And that's what I'm contending for. Last scripture, and we're going to pray. Acts 19, please. Acts 19, please. Can I please have the worship team to come forward? Acts 19, and it happened, verse 1, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, now, just came to my mind, so I'm going to go with it. Last night, when I was lying in my bed, just soaking in his presence. I saw a picture of a lady. It was a lady. And I saw her left hand. Left hand. And she was holding a book. And I was maybe thinking that, that you might have a pain in your left arm or your left hand that is really hindering you from flipping the page of a book or it hinders you from working. Is there anyone here? I just want to try it out. It just came to my mind. Someone that has pain in the left is a female. Is there anyone here? Kevin. Okay. Could you raise your hand, please? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, is that your right? Is there anyone? First, left. I'm going to, I'm going to, I will pray for you. Listen. I'd rather have somebody with the right hand stretching forward because they want to have healing than with somebody with the left sitting and being quiet and come to me after church. So, we're going to go for you after this. Could you raise your hand? Has it been for the last six-some years? Because I heard the number six, about six-something years. God, in the name of Jesus. Is it arthritis? In the name of Jesus, God, we right now we pray for healing. We ask for a creative miracle in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for a full restoration in Jesus' name. Full healing throughout the whole body in the name of Jesus. We speak, God, according to the word that I saw last night for healing over the left arm and rest of her body in the name of Jesus. Could you raise your hand, please? Raise your hand. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for that right arm in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, that by faith right now we command pain in the shoulder, in that elbow to leave right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We speak healing to her by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Did you have any pain when you guys came in? Did you feel something? What are you feeling now? Is it gone? Could you move it a little bit? Amen. Come on, guys. Thank you. Just move your hand around a little bit. There you go. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Nothing is impossible for you, Lord. Nothing is impossible for you, Jesus. We thank you for your presence, your goodness, and we ask you for a creative miracle. In the name of Jesus, I command the cells, the bone structure, the ligaments, everything to respond to the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. 
And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Like many churches today, they have not even heard there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. Quickly, I want to just jump to verse 6. And Paul baptized them in the name of Jesus Christ. And then in verse 6, it says, When Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. They spoke with tongues and prophesied. My whole intention for this morning was for you to see from the Word and from experience that there is more than just being born again. And now we rejoice that our name is written in heaven, amen, in the book of life. But there's more to this Christian life than just knowing about God. We can know God, amen. And so I feel for you guys in this season that as I was praying and how can we end this thing, and that's why I asked the worship to come forward, I felt that God is really asking us to surrender. Surrender for what He wants to do in this season here at New Point Church. Because I believe God has so much in store for you. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that you will walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. See, see, there's people who have gone and laid a great foundation, but I want to tell you something. See, people's foundation should always, people's ceiling should always be our foundation. Amen? Can you please stand to your feet and... I just want us to surrender today. And three categories, and maybe you're here this morning and you have never encountered the Holy Spirit in your life. You've been to church, you experienced religion, but you have never had a living encounter with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And, and you say this morning that I want to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I, I believe in my heart that God sent His Son to die for me on the cross. And I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is risen from the grave. The second category that I'm going to pray for this morning quickly is Listen, you find yourself in a place where you're just in the wilderness. It is even too much for you to even hear some of my message today. And yes, you hear what I'm saying, but you're dealing with so much. And you feel, God, yes, I want to encounter you, but I don't have the strength. And he's not asking you to, to do something out of your flesh. He's asking you this morning, can you surrender? Can you surrender to me? Can you empty yourself of yourself and and just allow me to fill you with the knowledge of who I am. Can you just let go of your theological box and understanding of what I might be to you and what made you have learned in your denomination and let me reveal myself to you. And the third category this morning I'm going to quickly pray for. You might be here this morning and you say, listen, like, I love Jesus and I burn for God. I know there is more of God in my life, but I'm not satisfied of what I've seen. I am not satisfied. Yes, I'm thankful, but there is more of Jesus in my life. And you are like a wild man, a thirsty person in the wilderness who is crying out for rivers of living water. And if that's any of you in the three categories that I just shared and you want to respond in whatever way you feel, can you please raise your hand and come to the front? Just come to the front. You see, I love it. People are just coming. People are just coming. Come on. Come on. 
When I preached in Africa, I said, don't, don't just stand there. Just run, 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 run to the front. Be desperate. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. Say, God, I need your presence. I want to respond this morning. I want to have an encounter with you. I want to have everything that you have for me this morning. And I'm going to ask the worship team, please, to lead us into a song. And as you are standing there, cry out to God. It's not about our hands on you. It's about you having the hands of Jesus in your life. So Holy Spirit, we invite you once again to fill every soul, every person. There's some of you who have reached a level. There's almost like a cap in, in front of you, a wall of resistance. I break it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's worship together quickly. Thank you, Lord. It all revolves yes, Lord. Around your yes, come on. And we can know That's right. Come on, guys. So high up Come on, let your voices rise. Come on. Heavens want to hear your voice this morning. And the praise is yes, Lord. Come on. And the Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can I have some ushers walking with me, please? In the name of Jesus.